You're listening to Spiritual Caffeine, a daily Bible exposition with gospel recording artists, business owners, and Bible teachers, Sean and Troy Isaacs. Join us Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we get our spiritual boots to get us going from the Word of God. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone. What are you living on? For more info, visit glorifyhimnow.com. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. All right, all right, all right. Good morning and welcome to today's daily devotional, Spiritual Caffeine, where you come to get, hopefully come to get your, your daily caffeine or your daily boost, spiritually speaking. Hope you had a good day yesterday and I hope you are excited about another day. You know, I love the words of the psalmist that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And, uh, you know, I hope your mouth is filled with praises to God because God alone is worthy of our praise. But another psalmist, David, says in another place, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Has the Lord made your day? Are you conscious that he is the maker of heaven and earth? Not just of, of uh, material things. He's actually made the day in which I exist. And he has mapped out this day for the glory of his name. And so I can come into every day knowing that there are mercies that are new every morning. And I can come to each morning with the confidence that God is in total control of my life. And that, uh, and that as a child of God, obviously that's assuming you're, you're walking with him and you're one of his children. Um, but I can come very conscious and confident that not only is he in control, but that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So those of you that have been joining us, uh, again, welcome to Spiritual Caffeine. We gather every morning uh, at about 7.45 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Spiritual Caffeine, or you'd like to invite a friend or two to join us, or three or a thousand, uh, visit doubleedgemusic.com and look for the banner that says Spiritual Caffeine on the homepage. Click on that, and it will give you all the information on how to be a part of uh, this morning uh, call, where we jump into the Word and get uh, get our daily caffeine from the Word of God. Now, we've been looking at Psalm 63, and in Psalm 63, if you're not aware of it, David is king. We know that because in verse 11, he says, but the king shall rejoice in God. We also know that David is on the run, it is believed. Uh, because of verse 9, but those that seek my soul to destroy it, he says, shall go into the lower parts of the earth. So David is on the run. It is believed that, that he's running from his son Absalom. And what a position to be in, you know, to, I think one of the worst things that can happen to us is to have our children turn against us. But David doesn't just have his children turn against us. If you remember the, the ministry of, of uh, Elijah, and uh, uh, or, or John the Baptist prophecy was that John the Baptist will turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to their children. That that idea is not new, uh, but David doesn't just have uh, that his son is against him. His son wants to kill him, and his son has people who are with him that are seeking to kill his father. And so David is in one sense on the run, and. Uh, he is believed to be in the wilderness somewhere. He says, I search for you in verse 1. He says, early will I seek thee 
My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. Where am I longing for you and searching for you, Lord? In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. So David is believed to be in the wilderness somewhere on the run from his son. And um, yet even in the midst of that drought and uh, that great trial and difficulty, David is able to uh, commit himself to God. He's able to rejoice. In one sense, he's like John the Revelator in Revelation 1, where on the Isle of Patmos, where he is isolated from the brethren, from the God, in one sense, uh, through the community of his people. You know, he has no, as far as we know, he has no other brother or sister in the Lord to be of strength or encouragement to him. And yet he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can be in the spirit even in prison. You can be in the spirit even in great difficulty, in a difficult marriage. You don't have to be a slave to your circumstances. You actually can get in the presence of God and you can hide under the shadow of his wing where you are, you are secure in him. And even though your external circumstances and your surroundings, everything around you is caving in, uh, maybe you're in the fire and the lion's den as Daniel and his three friends, but yet Christ was right there in the fire. God is always with us, but we need to be conscious of him. He says, I will never leave nor forsake you. If you're in the midst of a difficulty this morning, or you're about to face a difficult meeting, or something else that you're dealing with, and you're not conscious of God's presence, the problem is not on his side. The problem is your side. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. If God doesn't feel near, people say all the time, where is God? God is everywhere. In him we live, move, and have our existence. You don't see him. You don't sense his presence. It's your problem. You are the one that have, have to seek him. You're the one that have to draw near to him. So David says, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. So David is a king. David is on the run. We believe he's running in one sense from his son and others that are seeking to kill him. Uh, but David is David knows where his help is. And we've dealt with the first six verses of Psalm 63. Today we're going to look at verse 7 and 8. Here's what, what verse 7 and 8 tell us. David says, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Two great verses, as this whole chapter is. One of the things that it's important for you to note about this, these 11 verses is in the midst of this challenge and great difficulty, this dry and thirsty land that he's dwelling in, where he is being chased and people are seeking to kill him. Uh, David's, mouth, David's mouth is filled with praise. And I believe this is one of the reasons God says David was a man after his own heart. David had a tender heart. David had a shepherd's heart. But David was a worshiper. And it wasn't a mechanical thing for him. It was something that, out, that flowed out of his life and his devotional life and his communion with God. And so we see this language through pretty much almost every one of the verses. In verse 3, he says, My lips shall praise thee. Again, you need to hold that truth 
in the context of what he is suffering right now. Verse 4, thus will I bless thee. Verse 5b, my mouth shall praise thee with joyfulness or joyful lips. Verse 7b, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Verse 11, but the king, he says, people are coming after me to seek my soul and to destroy it in verse 9, verse 11. But the king shall rejoice in God. David chooses to rejoice in God. He is a happy man in God. He is a secured man in God. And here he gives us a little secret to that in verse 7. He says, because thou has been my help. David has had experience with God. He doesn't say because you are my help. God is his help. But this is a man speaking from a place of experience. This is a man speaking from a place where he has knowledge and a heart that remembers what God has done. Do you have any history with God where you actually can recall in the midst of difficulty what the Lord has done for you in the past? You know, I, I have much history with God. I can think of some of you know the story of, of my family and my wife where she has now gone through cancer three times over the last 15 years. And we have history with God. From a health standpoint, I know that he is Jehovah Rophi, the Lord, our healer. I have experience with God. I know him as a provider, as Jehovah Jireh. I know in past times, in some of the most difficult periods of our life, when I had a great prospering business, that failed and put my family over $100,000 in debt. I remember people, uh, strangers, that we didn't know. We don't even know it sometimes, that people would drop off groceries at our home at the door, knock on the door and leave or run. We don't know who they were. I still to this day don't know who these people were, but God provided. So I know him. I have experience with God. I know him to be a deliverer. I know him to be and not just a healer. I know him to be a God who is my righteousness. So do you have experience with God that you can call upon in the day of trouble as a reminder to your own mind, to your own heart? In the verses before, David says, when I remember thee upon my bed, verse 6, and meditate on thee in the night watches. David takes time to remember what God has done. David takes time to think upon what God has done. If you are not being able to say what David is saying, you're not doing what David is doing. He says, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. David has experience with God. He can think back and reflect on how God has been his help in the past, and that gives him the confidence, and in one sense, it gives him the hope, which Romans 8 tells us is an anchor for the soul, so this becomes an anchor for David that he is confident that since God has been his help, in the shadow of your wings, Lord, will I rejoice. What a great image. What a great picture. Think of a little baby bird just born, and the mother covers that little chick or that little baby bird uh, with her wings. And that, bird, that little bird is protected. We, as God's children, can get under the shadow of his wings. Not just his wing. What amazing thought there. The shadow of his wings is enough to protect me. I don't even need the physical wing to cover me. I just need to, the reflection of that wing. I just need the shadow of what God is and, and what he represents. 
to cover me and to be over me, David says. Because thou hast been my help, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. I can live in the spirit on the Lord's day. I can live in a realm above my circumstances where I still give praise to God. I still give honor to God, regardless of what's going on around me, regardless of what people are saying about me or against me and chasing me and seeking to destroy my life or hurt me or harm me or destroy or defame my name. In the midst of that, David is still able to bless the Lord and rejoice in him. Can you say the same? I hope you can say that this morning. If you can't say that this morning, I'm going to say to you, you're not spending, your devotional life is not strong enough. You're not going to be able to say this spending five minutes or ten minutes with God per day. Uh, It's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to have this level of internal strength and fortitude and the ability to walk with the armor of God on from your head to your toe if you're only giving God a couple minutes a day. Remember our Lord says that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread. The hour devotion or half an hour you spent yesterday is not going to be sufficient for today. You need to go back to him every day for manna. God could have given Israel enough manna to take care of the whole year, I heard a pastor say uh, recently. But what did he do? Every day they had to come back and, and gather more manna. Every day you have to go back to God for more resources, more internal strength, more fortitude. And uh, some of you know me, you know one of my favorite texts of scripture is Proverbs, I think it's 2410. It says, if you faint, if you quit, if you give up in the day of trouble, in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You're giving up, you're quitting, your desire to commit or your feeling of wanting to commit suicide is not because of the external pressure. It is because you, have, you lack internal strength. The more internal strength you have, the more pressure you can take on the outside. Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Where do we get strength from? We go to the throne of grace that we may obtain grace, that we may get grace and find grace and mercy to help us. So again, Hebrews, I think it's 4.16, somewhere around there, 4.10. It says we should come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and, keyword, find grace to help in the time of need. God has provided what you need to help you. If you don't feel any help, you're not seeking him to get it. I want to keep emphasizing that. Let me end here by just, re- just reflecting for a, few, for a minute or two on this last verse. So again, because thou has been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Verse 8 says, my soul followeth hard after thee. Believe it or not, that could, that could also be translated, my soul obeys carefully. Uh, this, this gives us the image that David is very meticulous when it comes to his relationship with God. He doesn't say, my body follows hard after you. He doesn't say, my mind follows hard after you. He encompasses all of who he is. He says, my soul followeth hard after thee. I'm pursuing you in one sense, but I'm also being extremely diligent. My desire is to be meticulous about pleasing you. Right? God, it says in Hebrews 6, Hebrews uh, um, 11, that without faith it's impossible to please God. For God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, what is diligence? 
Diligence is the opposite of slothfulness or laziness or complacency. So diligence has the idea of early. We find that in verse 1, to go after God early, early, quickly, but also um, meticulously. So the hand of the diligent will bear rule. Those that are diligent will stand before kings. David is diligently following after God. He is meticulously and carefully going after him and pursuing him and seeking to please him in every step. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. David says in verse 7 that God is his help. In verse 8, in the latter part of 7, God sees under the shadow of God's wings. And now in verse 8 he says, your right hand upholds me. You hold me up. When I feel down, when I feel like I'm ready to quit, when I feel like I can't take it anymore, I'm so happy that God is a father. And like the father pities his children, the father, our father, Father God, actually will uphold us. Though we fall, yet he will raise us up. The righteous man may fall many times, Scripture says, and uh, or feel like quitting or feel like giving up. But the Holy Spirit of God comes to us and encourages us and strengthens us. Sometimes he'll use others. Maybe God may use this little teaching this morning to uphold you. And that's something I want to end on. God doesn't do this often in a vacuum. He doesn't just zap you out of heaven. He uses means. All right, he uses the means. Means would be the word of God. A means would be maybe a friend or a brother or sister in Christ will come and bring encouragement to you. Maybe you went to church and, uh, and, and you felt down and God upheld you by the word of God as the word was preached. So never separate God's sovereignty and God's provision and what God does from the means that he uses to do it. This is an area that a lot of people get confused when they overemphasize the sovereignty of God and, and, and God ordaining all things. They tend to separate it from the means that he uses, and so they separate the responsibility that man has. Jesus says, I was hungry, and you did not feed me. Jesus, you can't feed yourself? Of course I can. But I've chosen to use others to fulfill my purposes. So we would, must never emphasize one truth over and against another that we paralyze uh, or, or we, we destroy the power of God's word in other areas. David says, God has been my help, and I'm upheld by his right hand. Reminds me of Psalm 73. Asaph is complaining and crying about how the wicked are prospering and nothing's happening right for his life, and woe is me, and, and uh, why, did I even, why am I even alive, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then, then he comes to the house of God. And he remembers that the wicked are going to go to hell or the wicked will die in their sins or the wicked will be punished. And he, he gets the right perspective. The interesting thing about Psalm 73 is, they, is, is Asaph's external circumstances didn't change. His heart and mind toward or how he interpreted those circumstances is what's to a change. He says, when I went into the house of God, that's when I was upholding. I was helped by God. So remember, you have to use the means that God has provided. If you are laying around moping and complaining and, and uh, being a victim and, 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 and crying and, oh, God, why aren't you helping me, and, and treating God as if he is a bad father, um, you are, you're, you're, not, you're not taking advantage 
of the things that God has provided for you, and there's something you have to do. Remember, faith without works is dead. If you say you have faith and trust in God, and you're just lying around crying about your situation, and you're not taking action, you're not demonstrating your faith and trust. So there's something you have to do. You have to pick up your Bible and pray. You have to commit to fast for half a day or for the day or for three days or seven days or whatever it is you feel led to do. You have to pick up the phone and maybe confess your, your faults to another brother or sister in the Lord so that you can be healed. You have to seek the Lord so he can be found. You have to do something, okay? You do something and God will do his part. He always does his part because he's faithful. So that's my thoughts for this morning. I hope you found something helpful. Uh, any comments or questions, um, any feedback on that uh, before we uh, close uh, this morning or wrap up? Okay. Well, no, nothing from, uh, and, and again, if you're talking, you need to unmute your line. But um, no need to say something if you don't have anything. And so I will end there this morning. It's, um, again, great to connect. Uh, with you guys uh, daily, and I pray that uh, you find uh, that uh, these little devotionals are strengthen, you know, bring strength to your uh, inner man so that you can be more faithful to God. Have a great day today, and um, if you have any questions uh, for me, uh, feel free to email me at info at doubleedgemusic.com. Have a blessed day, and um, we look forward to connecting with you again tomorrow. God bless. Bye.